0: Welcome to Freedom Matters Today, this is Michael J. Sutton and you are listening to Freedom from Fear. Today, following Jesus when the church has lost its way. This is the last podcast in our series Freedom from Fear. We will be taking a break, a short break, for a few weeks and recommence with our new series on the 3rd of October. At Freedom Matters Today, we look at freedom from a Christian perspective. We are not interested primarily in politics, but the risen Lord Jesus Christ, whom we seek to follow each day, not only on Sunday morning at church. Freedom Matters Today is for victims and outcasts, searchers and seekers. We reach out to those abused by the church and cast out, those who love Jesus but hate the church, and those who are interested in Jesus but offended by the Church. Freedom Matters Today is for you. We started our work in freedom from fascism and then we moved into freedom from fear. There are three other freedoms we will look at in the future. Freedom from shame, freedom from prejudice and freedom from sin. Please be on the lookout for our first book to be published by Freedom Matters Today and Hidden Road Publishing, It is titled, Freedom from Fascism, A Christian Response to Mass Formation Psychosis. It is written by our CEO and founder, Michael J. Sutton. How do we follow Jesus when the Church has lost its way? Simple. Listen to what he says when no one else does. What Jesus says is found in the New Testament in the Bible, mainly in the four Gospel accounts of his life and work. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They each provide different perspectives on the life of Jesus, though much common ground exists between them. What Jesus says and what he did are transformative, subversive, radical, and beautiful. For 2,000 years, most of the church has spent its time trying to ignore him while building their kingdoms on earth murdering people who didn't submit to their usurped political power and closing their Bibles. If only the Church followed Jesus, it would not have lost its way. These days, the Western Church is in such a dreadful state that we really need to go back to basics. We need a simplicity of faith, a freedom that can only be found in the life, the words and the work of Jesus Christ. We need freedom true freedom, and this freedom does not come from the government or the law, but from God, a gift of his presence and love, freedom to choose, freedom to love, and freedom to exist. Most churches these days are either places with a toxic culture and spiritual abuse, or they are corrupt institutions that prey on the naive for financial gain. This is part of the reason we say at Freedom Matters today, don't go to church, follow Jesus instead. Churches are no longer safe places, if they ever were in the first place. Trying to find a safe church is like the lottery. You might get lucky, but usually the house wins, and you leave with your heart broken and your pockets empty. If Christians followed the one, they call Jesus, apparently their Lord and Saviour, the reputation of Christianity would be completely different. How did the church lose its way and stop following Jesus? Well, Today we will look at the way Christian fascists in America have so twisted the Bible to suit their faith in America that they disrespect the flag of America and their nation on one hand and on the other they have lost their way. But first, some historical context. Under the Obama-Biden regime, America facilitated the rise of Iran as a nuclear power in the Middle East. Hillary Clinton was supposed to be elected in 2016, and aside from going to war with Russia, which was the game plan, the Iran nuclear deal was expected to continue. The Trump-Pence regime, however, rebelled and pushed back on war with Russia and the Iran deal pursuing instead trade deals that resulted in the so-called Abraham Accords, largely dismissed by the media in America, which is now almost entirely committed to the doctrine of endless war and the profligate printing of money that's led to inflation. (coughs) Trump's policies undermined the political and economic forces that have shaped and benefited from American foreign policy since 9-11. The Biden-Harris regime has returned America to the status quo and led America to war with Russia, starting World War III. Joe Biden is adored by the press and the bomb makers, both who benefit wonderfully from conflict. Biden is just the face and one of the authors of the old regime that sought to reshape the world in America's image so that it will be the only power in the world. But museums are full of relics from other nations that also thought the same way. American foreign policy is not Christian. It is strategic. Critical to America's strategic interests include the necessity of guaranteeing access to oil and other resources, and as a direct consequence, America also supports Saudi Arabia and other Arab oil-producing nations. America has also helped to bankroll the Saudi war against Yemen, a complicated and confusing conflict that is virtually ignored by the West while it weeps crocodile tears for Ukraine. This American military support for Saudi Arabia is considerable, strategic and ongoing. American support represents unquestionable loyalty to the Saudi royal family. It concerns strategic access to and control of oil reserves and other minerals. The goal, of course, is to sustain the economic and political power of the ruling class in America. America, like all nations, behaves in a strategic manner to promote its interests abroad. I'm not passing judgment on any of these foreign policies. It is simply the way of things, and it will never change, regardless of who is in power and which country is in charge. Jesus told us that right up to his return, there will be wars, and rumors of wars. So there always will be war, and war is hell. There is no right or wrong in war, and no one ever wins, except those who make the bombs and report the news. Christians have overall forgotten the words of Jesus and spend more time listening to politicians than they do praying to God. During the last six months, few leaders have been praying for peace. Rather, they support war with Russia and all the while ignore the return to militarism in the two great fascist nations that caused the last war, Germany and Japan. The churches didn't pray for peace last time, except for the many Japanese pacifists not imprisoned But praying in the Nagasaki Cathedral the day the Americans dropped the atomic bomb on them. These policies to prop up Saudi Arabia are part of American foreign policy in the Middle East. Both Iran and the Saudis are enemies of Israel. Both would be happy if Israel did not exist, and both believe that Israel is an existential threat to their survival. America supports both sides. Israel and anti-Israel, it always has. It is a classic divide and rule policy. The British used it in Africa and Asia when they had their empire, and so did other European powers before that. But God help the Ukraine, the West will forget. The Ukrainian people will pay for the trillions of dollars in reconstruction and military hardware acquisition which will most likely leave the Ukraine as a bankrupt, divided and weakened nation squashed between NATO expansionism and Russian nationalism. Millions will suffer the terrible consequences of war well into the third and fourth generations. Hatred between Russia and the Ukraine will never die, but fester and flourish, and this bile malice and wickedness will lead to the destruction of families lives and futures. Such is the face of all war. The longer the war continues, of course, the more accentuated and structural this misery will be. Poverty will be the future of the Ukraine, suffering its language and regret its lasting memory. But soon the West will forget. It is what they always do when they get bored and the Ukraine will be left alone along with all the other nations cast aside by America when priorities change. But democracy and freedom are America's fake news. During America's war on Russia via the Ukraine, the Americans have said that this is a war between democracy and autocracy. Their use of the word autocrat is deliberate. It is an ideological term and means nothing in practice. Ukraine is a fascist state, or neo-fascist state, like Hungary or Poland. Ukraine is not remotely a democracy, it is a puppet regime run from Washington. After all, the Americans effected a coup in 2014, and have used Ukraine to provoke a war with Russia. But America does not care about the Ukrainian people. They care about strategic policy, as well as selling arms, which they have done successfully in the last six months. Business has been booming. On the ground, there is no freedom or democracy in the Ukraine. Most of the opposition parties are banned or are in prison. Ukraine's foreign policy looks increasingly Stalinist, including calls to ban Russian culture and movement of people worldwide and reports that lists of foreign influencers who criticise Ukraine are to be assassinated. This is Pinochet and Chile all over again except in Eastern Europe. Certainly in the West, Russia-phobia is well underway. But what is America's objectives in the Ukraine? It's certainly not democracy. So why does America condemn what it craves? It is bizarre that Joe Biden and his cheerleaders condemn autocracy. America is an autocratic society. Both political parties aspire for absolute power and if they could, they would exterminate each other. They have a president whom they elect, and he is basically a kind of autocratic leader. The American Constitution, without Congress, promotes an absolute dictator, like a king, if you like, and America's regime is simply a secular version of the British monarchy in Parliament. Yes, the Americans copied the British. Yes, he's elected, though president has yet been a woman, for a maximum of eight years, but that might change in the future when they get rid of their antiquated constitution. A similar system exists in Australia, New Zealand and Canada, so-called constitutional monarchies where governor-generals represent the British monarch whose power and crown are never challenged. The elites in these countries hate democracy and they despise ordinary people and we call this liberalism. If we are to oppose autocracy, then why do we support Saudi Arabia? The answer, of course, is that the American ruling class and their surrogates and patrons don't bother even lying anymore, such as the crisis in the American state. America supports autocrats, props up dictators, and authoritarian regimes all the time. This is essential for ensuring global stability and American prosperity. This acceptable hypocrisy is the lifeblood of Western democracy. It is one of the reasons the West is implacably hated by most of the world. What the West claims to believe in and their real intentions are completely different. The Bible has a word for this. It's called hypocrisy. For some reason, America feels it must lie about what it does in the world. But previous empires didn't bother. Might was right. At least they were honest. Democracy, on the other hand needs a culture of deceit and a web of justifications to cover basic functions of state. America was not blessed by God. It just got lucky. At this point, much of this is moot. I cannot change a thing about world affairs. Not a thing. Nor can you. We live at a time when America is falling due to the rise of China and other powers. Its time has come and gone, but there was no special blessing from God on America. It just got lucky. It was the only power left standing intact after the Second World War. If you remember, America also helped to provoke Japan into war by cutting off their access to oil, but fortunately the ideologues in the West have won, and we now know that World War II was a war between democracy and autocracy, between freedom and tyranny. As soon as the war was over, the colonial powers willingly gave up their possessions to the people for the sake of democracy, right? No, of course they didn't. The Americans recognized that African Americans were human beings and deserving of citizenship, humanity and voting rights. Of course they didn't. So if it was not for freedom, why did we fight in the Second World War? Well, it was for the rich and powerful. It was for inequality and suffering. It was for colonialism and white supremacy, and a world with a white man at the top. Even today, Christian fascists crave this world and these old values, and their churches celebrate a world that no longer exists. What does all this mean for the church? Well, Christians in America ought not to be surprised at this, but they are often too confused about where the Bible ends and their nation begins. Christian fascists do not follow Jesus Christ, but they are absorbed and obsessed by the links between America and their faith. COVID hysteria surfed on the fears of the culture war, the Trump presidency, the war on terror and 9-11. Now everyone is experiencing the fear of the Ukraine war, the fear of nuclear holocaust and the fear of the rise of China. These are all fears cultivated by the ruling class to function as forms of social control. A fearful people are people who can be controlled, manipulated and directed. Using foreign policy as a tool for social control, and especially fear, fear of others and fear of our national enemies, is one of the most important tools to have been effectively used since 9-11. But the churches thrive on this fear business, and they're laughing all the way to the bank. This fear machine is what keeps churches going in the West, especially in America. American churches thrive on a diet of fear and sectarian bigotry. They all despise each other, as well as hating the latest target in their crusades to cleanse America and bring back the good old days. These days I've been listening to some American Christian preachers rant about Ukraine and Russia. I will not list them by name, you can follow them on the internet, but I can think of other names I could use to describe them, such as pathological liars, frauds, snake oil salesmen, con men, con women, crooks and wolves. These men and women speak to auditoriums full of people. They are incredibly popular They dominate the airwaves and their books are bestsellers, and nothing sells better than fear. The Ukraine war is the best thing for their hip pocket in years. These liars are laughing all the way to the bank with your money. For them, they see Russia as the great enemy of God in a revived and bizarre rehashing of the old communist conspiracies. For them, Russia is ushering in the end of days and will move to destroy Israel with China and Iran as allies. This apparently comes from the ancient Jewish prophecy of Ezekiel chapter 38, and is direct biblical proof that God is on America's side because America supports Israel. These liars tell us that right back hundreds of years before Christ, Vladimir Putin was predicted to to revolt against the godly and fight against the nation of Israel. I want you to forget Trump and Biden if you can. Maybe it's not possible. The greatest liars in America are in the church. I have concluded that not only are these preachers liars, but their devoted followers who number into the millions must be the dumbest people alive. They are bonkers, because they have no grasp on their own nation's foreign policy since the 1930s, and they don't even bother to read the Bible. They hold up and sing about. But in reality I don't think they're dumb. They are simply evil since they follow their father the devil who is a liar and the father of lies. Christian fascists do not seriously care about the Ukraine or Israel or even America. They don't want answers to problems. They don't want solutions to crises. These people feed on suffering They lap it up. They salivate over it during the week, looking forward to the next instalment on their fascist bandwagon. They love to hate someone and they love to demonise someone, and the last person they want to hear from is God. Their corrupt leaders are a mirror image of their own depravity. At the heart of every major social and economic and political crisis in America is the Church, wheeling and dealing, conniving and conspiring, dividing and hating. From the bigoted KKK supporter Billy Sunday to the anti-Semitic Billy Graham, who opposed the civil rights movement, to the liars who gathered around Trump as their new messiah, the church in America says very little about Jesus Christ, his words and his life, because Jesus does not fit the narrative of their culture war and their love of money where the church has grown fat with its head in the trough and its bum in the air. The American church regularly lies about American foreign policy. I've already told you about American foreign policy. This is not a conspiracy theory, but fact. America supports nations that hate Israel. Nations are not individuals. There's no global morality, only global interests. America doesn't support Israel. It supports American strategic interests that may or may not align with Israel. If these interests align with Israel, then well and good. But if they do not, then they don't. And this is called international relations. This is how superpowers operate. There are no absolutes except national preservation. America is not the great absolute defender of Israel that many in the church assert. Church leaders are blind to what their own nation does to preserve their economic and social well-being. Let me put it simply. Without access to oil, then these Christian preachers cannot drive their limousines, and without access to Taiwan's semiconductors, these Christian preachers cannot spread lies via their their vast internet and TV empires. Thank God for the Pacific fleet and nuclear weapons. After all, without them these Christian leaders might have to pray to the God they pretend to believe in. Christians who live in the centre of global prosperity are, of course, the blindest, weakest, most corrupt Christians on the planet. Take the abuse of children that has afflicted the Church's reputation. Watch these hypocrites go to the courts to argue that they cannot be sued, and that no priest was an employee of the church, and therefore their church is exempt from prosecution. Christless, godless semantics, worthy of the worst of the Pharisees. But today there was also a big difference, as there were many good men in that ancient sect, unlike today's church. Oh, they love their property. They love their money. They love their position. Yet Christ tells them clearly, sell all you have and give it to the poor and follow me. If you are in one of these corrupt institutions, sell all your church property, give it to the victims of child abuse and follow Christ. To use the words of one of Christ's own enemies, a great man, if it is of God, this Christian movement will continue. If it is not, then it would die out. And if it does not die out, then we will find ourselves fighting against God. The reason the Christian church will not sell their properties is because that is all they have. Beyond their investments and their wealth and their schools and their properties, vital, real faith is absent. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's there, deep down, strangled by the love of money. The problem is that American Christians overall cannot tell the difference between Christianity and America. Western Christians are completely blind to the world around them and they cannot tell the difference between their nation and God. This is a curse on American Christianity. It is a blindness, it is almost like a hypnosis. Some might call it mass formation psychosis. Not even the English were mad enough to mix religion and politics to the same depth and extent as they do in America. These Christian fascists believe that America's enemies are God's enemies, that America is God's nation, and that America is the greatest nation in the history of the world. It's all hubris, whereas the teacher would say it is vanity, vanity, a chasing after the wind. Russia is not the enemy of God. Freedom Matters today exposes the lies and corruption of the Christian church and will do so regardless of sect, nationality or political affiliation. We do it to call people drowning in the corruption and evil of the contemporary church so they can be free, free of religion, free of fake rituals and free to make up their own minds. Russia is not even mentioned in the Bible. Not even in Ezekiel 38. It is simply not there. These American preachers have just made it up. They are liars. They want your money and so they will lie to your face. They pretend to speak the words of the Holy Spirit and they parrot him and pretend to be him and they lie to your face. God speaks to us through his word, the Bible. If you want to find out what God is saying, read the Bible. Some of these American preachers invent forms of speaking and babble incoherently claiming that God is speaking through them. They are liars. They make it up. Or they're carried away in fits of hysteria worthy of the caliber of the best Hollywood actors. God speaks clearly. He doesn't babble. And whenever angels appear, they speak clearly as well. Don't you American Christians get it? After all these years, they just want your money, and they want power over your lives. They are soul catchers. They want to prevent you from reaching God, seeing God, finding God, and knowing God. They hate God. They don't believe in Him. And they close the door to the kingdom of God. They laugh at you, and they're laughing all the way to the bank. Yes, America does have a claim to fame. There has never been a more corrupt and disgraceful church in the history of the world. Do American Christians even know the name of the God in whose name they evoke? Contemporary Russia is not an ancient state. It dates to the 1990s and the fall of the Soviet Union. These liars read the Bible and they mistranslate it. They read the Bible and they misconstrue it. They read the Bible and they misapply it. These liars say that we wrestle against Russia, that we wrestle against China. This is not in the Bible. These fascists say, God bless America. But what is the name of this God? Is it the Lord Jesus Christ? Is it Jesus? Really? Where does this come from in the Bible? These liars made this up too. We can have freedom from fear, because of Jesus Christ. These liars never mention Christ because they do not believe in him. They lie about Christ and make him a footnote to history where America is at the centre of God's will. For Christians, Christ is the centre of history, the reason for life and faith, and the source of inspiration and hope. Christians will tell you about Jesus, and fascists will tell you what to do. Christians will tell you to follow Christ and fascists will tell you whom to hate. God is not on America's side. He never was and never will be. He is bigger than America and its pitiful ambitions for power. He will still reign as king when all the cities of the American nation have turned to dust and all that remains are distant memories." If you are offended by the idea as a Christian that God is bigger than America and that God does not need America to achieve his purposes, then you do. Then I'm sorry, you have no faith and you will die in your sins. God can raise up stones and he can raise the dead to praise his name and live humbly before him. But I see no humility in Christian nationalism or Christian fascism. Christian fascism is evil and is a clear and present danger to the people, the nation and the government of the United States and the world. Imagine Christians in America who follow Jesus instead of the U.S. Constitution, who apply the Sermon on the Mount to their political landscape, or even adopt the attitude of Jesus towards politics. Imagine a president who has the courage never to invoke God's name again, which is what we call blasphemy. We are told to love others by having the COVID vaccine, and we are told this is what Jesus wants and Jesus tells us to get vaccinated, well, Jesus also told us to love our enemies. But how many American Christians preach that from the pulpit? Not many. They're too busy hating Russia. Christian, the antidote to the problems of the world is Jesus. It is not Donald Trump, the Republican Party, or the fascist Ron DeSantis. It is not even America. God is bigger than the stars and stripes and his love is like the rainbow that stretches across the sky after the rain. It is always there and his promises are always true and for all people. Jesus does tell us not to worry about the future, not even about tomorrow. We are to keep our mind and our hearts on today for we live only today. The emphasis of Christ is on the choices we make today as we seek to follow him. At Freedom Matters today, we try to emphasize personal responsibility in following Jesus Christ. We say, do not go to church, follow Jesus instead. In other words, if you come to faith, it is your decision to follow. It is not your priest or your pastor or your minister or your father, or your mother, or your wife or husband. It is your call, your choice, it is your decision In following Jesus, we are urged by him not to worry about tomorrow. We need to return to the Bible, open it and read it. We will discover that so much of what we are told in church is simply to keep the fear alive and the money rolling in. But following Jesus offers a different path to those who seek eternal life. As Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, Therefore I tell you, For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Remember, freedom matters today because you matter to God.